this uh, Monday. By any stretch of the imagination, as the Milwaukee Bucks season has come to an end, if you're a Packers fan, you are extremely excited because what we were waiting for has finally happened. And if you're a Brewers fan, you took the good with the bad yesterday. As you had a victory, a series win, the team now comes home, but... How long will they lose one of their uh, one of their standouts? So all of that coming up today on the program. Ben, how you doing today, man? I'm doing all right, Bill. I got a good night's sleep last night. I yeah? got below 70 degrees, so it was it was great. I was going to say, I, I thought I was thinking of you last night. I uh, shut off the air conditioning at the house yesterday, and I opened the windows, and I kind of went, oh, maybe today is going to be a day of rest and relaxation for one Ben Kenny, who has waged war against the the ownership of one housing project in which you lived. So I was kind of hoping you got a good night's sleep tonight or last night. Well, the rest of the week, really. I mean, today's a good day, but it's going to be cooler the rest of the week until you finally move. Correct? Correct. Uh, yeah, I've turned the corner, if you will. Okay. sleeping more than three hours a night. Uh, so that being said, the Milwaukee Bucks and uh, their season come to an end. Um, hell of a run. Um, I, I, let me Let me say that. They win a championship, and that cannot be overlooked. For as much as yesterday, I, I had a – it was completely a weird emotion yesterday. I went on a motorcycle ride down to a place in Kansasville, and it's a bar called the Dirty Ho is what it's called. And it's out in the middle of farm country, right? Uh, it is uh, the epitome of what a biker bar would be, but – for those that uh, remember, there is a picture, an iconic picture. You can Google it. Uh, an iconic picture of a New York City firefighter riding into the rubble on 9-11 on a Harley Davidson. All you got to do is Google Tim Duffy Harley or Tim Duffy firefighter or Tim Duffy. Just, just Google Tim Duffy and you will see the iconic photo that was taken. Um, Tim Duffy was in town yesterday. What an incredible story! And I, I'm I'm outside. He's he's got an affinity for Wisconsin. He he really loves this area. And what had happened was that iconic motorcycle um, he had in his garage. And oddly enough, being a firefighter, he had and he had a um, like a wood stove, and a, an ember blew off of the top of the wood stove and back into the garage and set his garage on fire. And that iconic bike um, has burned up um, and is covered in soot and such. And he takes it around the country and they're going, it's going to, it was left here yesterday in Wisconsin to be restored. Uh, a local um, kind of motorcycle legend, a guy named Tony Sanfilippo, uh, who's in the motorcycling hall of fame, by the way, uh, him and some friends are going to restore this bike uh, for Tim Duffy. But along the way, Tim Duffy started a program for veterans called um, One Dog, One Veteran, uh, One Support. And basically, he takes dogs, or, and I hopefully I'm getting that right because I don't have the information sitting in front of me, so I apologize. But um, and long story short, as I'm down at this bar yesterday for this fundraiser, listening to this New York firefighter tell me stories and talk about that day, and give you this real life, on one hand, he laughs because I think that laughter is the best medicine. But on the other hand, you got to do it to kind of hide the pain. But 
he's telling us the story of 9-11, telling us the story of riding that motorcycle in, telling up the, telling us the story of the first tower falling upon him um, as it was burning and being trapped. And yet all 36 out of his department died. So you're listening to this story and you're just in this surreal moment of, oh, my God, you know, the, in, in the other room, you're listening to and watching part of the Bucks game and Bucks fans are tweeting and the anger and the angst. It was just a day of perspective, I guess, uh, might be the best word for it. So it's a today's a painful day if you're a Bucks fan, but yesterday I got a lot of perspective when it comes to life and games and such. Um, in the meantime, I, uh, I feel for the people that were down there on Friday night and the Deer District and the shooting that took place in Milwaukee. Um, disgusting. I don't even know how. Uh, I had a buddy of mine who lives in uh, Eau Claire uh, text me and said, you know, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I, I was at MKE Brewing for a while, and I thought, you know what? Uh, it, downtown was getting really, really crowded. And I thought, you know, I just want to beat the crowd out of town. So I ended up getting out of town. And I left and went out and, and you know, did some of the, uh, you know, kind of sports bars, if you will, out in the western burbs. And so I was okay, and some friends were okay, and I checked on everybody. But the callousness of what's going on in the city of Milwaukee cannot be overlooked. People that have no problem pulling out guns and shooting right there in front of police. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, I have defended the city of Milwaukee for a very, very long time uh, because there are certain areas that I've always felt safe in. There are certain areas that have never been touched by crime. Or at least you don't hear about it on a daily basis. You know, there's crimes everywhere. I understand that. But real life over the last 48 hours has touched us. The loss of a game, the loss of the run of the Milwaukee Bucks, while tough to take as a Bucks fan, uh, kind of pales in comparison. So today's one of those days where we're going to talk a little bit about both. Because I thought the Bucks just didn't have enough firepower. We, we talked about that going into this series. They... When the Boston Celtics started hitting their threes, when you watch them in that first round series, um, they just could shoot. And I said all along, the Bucks just don't defend well against the three. They were one of the worst defensive teams against the three all season long, and that was going to be somewhat of a, a problematic issue. When they went up, uh, when they went up three games to two. I, I thought it, you had to close it out at home or this was not going to happen. Uh, I mean, you can sit here and pontificate about being, you know, hopeful and such about the Bucks, but I had a bad feeling about yesterday's game, and I had a really good feeling about the game the other night, Friday night. I, I just, I was wrong. Um, the, the Bucks just didn't have enough firepower. They don't have a commitment to defense on the outside, on the perimeter. They don't have the speed to be able to do that. And while they did add, add some shooting prowess and bringing in Grayson Allen, you lost the mentality and the tenacity of the junkyard dog of P.J. Tucker. Um, they looked tired. They looked defeated. Uh, even Giannis in his postgame press conference. I don't know if it did. Ben, did you see Giannis's postgame press conference yesterday? Yeah. Did he look relieved? I think a little bit. I mean, the messages were the same as we've heard all all postseason. I don't think that a loss like this 
weighs as heavily on him as it may other people, if that makes sense. Not in a bad way, just objectively. Right. Like Coach Budenholzer was getting emotional up there. And I think, yeah, honest, yeah I think in a way, maybe a little relieved. I, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I really, I, I agree with you first and foremost that um, Coach Budenholzer, Coach Budenholzer had tears in his eyes. I mean, he, um, nothing to, I, I guess when you live this emotionally and you've been on this high and you haven't felt the sting of losing now for a year and a half, yeah, it's tough. It's tough, no doubt. Um, but everything in the world to be proud of. Everything in the world to be proud of. Uh, this team now gets a chance to relax. Giannis said that after the ball game. Take a listen to what Giannis had to say about, you know, now they, they get a little bit of chance to breathe a little bit. It's over with, you know, um, and no feel for me. Nothing. just got to go back, get some break, get in the court, start getting better, try to improve uh, parts of my game, and uh, hopefully I can come back healthy in a good place. Keep enjoying basketball and uh, come back, uh, you know, ready for my tenth season. Uh, it, it just, it, I'm not going to say that he's glad they lost because that's not it. And Tony, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is Giannis looks like he's accepted, but still has the fire. It's like he said, you know, you get back, you get some rest, and then you get back at, uh, you know, making your game better to get back towards the ch- uh, championship run next year. What I'm saying is, is that it's over. It's the run is over. The pressure's over. You want all of that. You thrive on all of that. You wish you were still playing for another ring and another championship, but now you go away and you recharge the battery and you stick the fire back in your belly and you come back with a different tenacity because you are no longer the defending champion. Now you are once again the hunter and not the hunted. Giannis, um, Luca, uh, you know, these first-name guys, they're superstars, and that's what you do. You go away and get better. I think it's a different series if Chris Middleton is playing. I really do. I I think that it is... um, I think it's a different series if if Chris Middleton is there. I I, I just um, I think that the Bucks are victorious. I think the Bucks are moving on and they're facing Miami tomorrow night. But for what we saw, Giannis basically had to kick, scream, and drag this team uh, to to almost the finish line to be able to try to get this you know to three games. But they just couldn't get that elusive fourth game. Um. He just, uh, I think he's relieved that, you know, it's, uh, he gets a little rest. He's got some time coming up now. He's got some time coming up now. So wrapping that up, we'll hear more from Giannis coming up. And then also when we come back, we're going to deal with some of the big news of the day. And that is the fact that Jair Alexander has signed a huge monster contract. In case you're just waking up or coming out from underneath a rock, you can't ignore it. Giannis today signing a four-year, $84 million deal. And I immediately got a a tweet from SportTrack that I saw that said the total value of contracts for this NFL offseason spending relates to this. The number one team that spent the most money so far this season, the the, uh, Oakland, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Number two, the Dolphins. Number three, 
the Green Bay Packers, the most guaranteed money given out this offseason, one, the Cleveland Browns, and that's obviously a stupid amount of money because of what they gave Deshaun Watson, two, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and three, the Green Bay Packers at $245 million guaranteed dollars. Now, the only thing I think, and I've said this all along, that once they sign Jair, because Jair's contract this year, counting against the cap, is only going to be like a million bucks. So they just saved about $10.5 million. They got $10.5 million back. So they have the money now to go ahead and sign all of their, their um, rookies. They have additional money sitting there in reserve where they could possibly go out and get themselves another wide receiver before it's all said and done. And they still have some money that they can do with as well. They could restructure Dean Lowry's contract if they choose to do so. They have some flexibility now. They have a little brief for a team that was, you know, the second highest over the cap amount of money in the National Football League coming into this offseason, the job that Brian Gutekunst and the job that Russ Ball have done to be able to manipulate the salary cap, to be able to get them under the cap, retain and sign new players, quality players, their own players, has been nothing short of fantastic. And now this this window, as we look at it, is a two- to three-year window, and it's monetarily stacked for about three years. After that, things begin to erode, and some decisions have to be made. But when you start to look at it, this is the Green Bay Packers pushing all the chips to the middle of the table for the next two to three years. This is it. When they hit training camp this year, that should be their motto. That should be across their shirt. That should be on the scoreboard. That should be down the fence. That's painted outside of Lambeau Field as we all drive up uh, Lombardi Avenue. It should be right. This is it. This is what you're – all the chips. There should be chips there. There should be Rodgers and Jair and Devondre and all these different numbers on the fence. And then right in the middle, the saying this year is, this is it. This is it. Here is your stretch run. This is it. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hear. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Hey, we were out over the weekend, and I got to mention, man, Joe and Ellen Hennis did a fantastic job. We were at Smoke on the Water uh, on um, on Saturday, and uh, we were out riding and had a tremendous day. Uh, went to, to Grafton and did a few things down to Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, and they had a nice uh, event down there with a bike blessing and such. And then we went over to Smoke on the Water where they opened up the new downstairs. Oh, my God. It is beautiful. They're, they have garage doors that literally open up right next to the water on the lake. And you can sit there in the shade and feel the air conditioning on the back of your neck. But in the front, the garage doors open. The downstairs bar was fantastic. They had Generation Z playing in a band. It's almost like a big banquet hall. It's it's fantastic. They did an amazing job. And if you're looking for a great place to go, get some good food, and enjoy uh, the the lake life, so to speak, uh, boy, uh, smoke on the water on Okachi Lake, great place to go. Stop in. And go see it. Uh, see the new renovation. Whoa, what a great job they did on that place. Great job. 
uh, give us a shout. Um, the uh, the the uh, Jair Alexander signing is is huge um, because they save the Green Bay Packers in that signing save about ten and a half million dollars on the on the salary cap this year. Um. So uh, I, what I had said was that frees up some money to possibly go out and get a vet wide receiver uh, that could possibly fit your system or fit what it is you want to do and somebody that could teach the young guys technique, film study, all that kind of stuff. And, and Wisco Disco wants to say, well, name any vet wide receiver on the market that fits. Maybe they're not yet. After June 1st, there's going to be cuts. The, po- the, the point is you have money to spend. If you want to go out and get somebody, you can go get them. You know, I don't think Jarvis Landry signing for $5 million or $6 million, I'll tell you that. But if down the road you want to sign somebody towards the beginning of training camp, let's just say you decide to, at this point in time, go to training camp with what you have. Okay? you Just what you got. You're going to sit there with Christian Watson and company, and you've got uh, um, Randall Cobb, you've got – Al Lazard as your other two guys, Sammy Watkins. Then you're going to say Romeo Dubs. You're going to go there with him, okay? Picked up Danny Davis. Maybe Danny Davis makes something, you know? Torre, maybe he comes in, and he's he's the real deal. Amari Rogers takes the next step. You go in there with what you have, okay? But let's say either, one, you get an injury, or two, it just didn't work, and you need somebody else. Somebody else is on the market. Maybe an OBJ midseason if indeed he can come back. Who knows? But now you've got that flexibility. I'd still love to see them get another vet. That's just my opinion. Just for the fact that you're, you're, you're going for it. You know, the only area that you can say is of weakness right now is probably the wide receiving core. I think we could probably all agree upon that. And how weak is it? We don't know. We don't know. We know the secondary is solid. We know the defense has been bolstered. And they are really saying, like, look, this – this is, we're, if we're going to win this thing, we have got to support anything we can do offensively with a terrific defense, and that's the direction they've gone. And you have to believe that's their belief of we're going to win it with a defense. If we can't outscore them, we're going to win it with a defense. And we've got to find a defense that's going to be, which is also going to inter, in turn make your special teams better because of depth, let's be honest. But in addition to that, Maybe they can get some turnovers. Give that offense a few more opportunities along the way to put the ball in the end zone or put points on the board. Ryan says, horrible signing in my opinion. Way too much for a guy who only has uh, five interceptions his whole career. Ryan, he's never been an interception machine. He's never been an interception. Even in college, he wasn't an interception machine. But the bottom line is they don't throw in his direction. He's a guy that can can literally shut down a side of the field. That I mean, <laughs> that's it. He can shut down that side of the field. That's the reason you pay him. And he's been pretty good when it comes to passes defended. But more so, when you look at his stats, they don't jump off the page at you, but it's the fact that they just don't throw at the guy. And he's still considered by many to be one of the top five corners in the league. You don't. So what are you saying? You you just how much is too much then? This if you feel this contract is too much, then how much should they have paid him? You know, because you're not going to shortchange it at this point. 
It's a $30 million signing bonus, which is a record for a defensive back. Four years, $84 million extension, $30 million in signing bonus. By the way, let me say this, because there's this misnomer that he gets $30 million up front. $30 million is guaranteed. $30 million of the guaranteed money. So whether they decide to pay it all up front or they decide to pay it over time, whatever, but that's a, that's a different animal. The base salary is going to be, I think if I read correctly, $1.4, $1.8 million this season, depending on what the final numbers come down to. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Joshua says, uh, Jair's overrated, not able to stay on the field. Uh, let's see here. This is from Mark, who says, a great deal for the Green Bay Packers. I agree with you. They are going for it. This one's from uh, Lambo Steve, who says, uh, no, this is not a great deal for the Packers. They're spending a ton of money on makeshift guys to support Aaron Rodgers' ego. No, come on. They're not going to spend $420-something million because Aaron Rodgers has an ego. It's because you believe you can win and win now. Right? That's the reason you spend the money. Um... This one's from Nick, who says they did not just sign Jerry Alexander to one of the highest-paid contracts in in the National Football League. He's only played one full season, four games last year. Love the man because Louisville is my team, but come on, it's way overrated. That's from Nick. Nick, appreciate it. Uh, I like the signing. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I like the aggressiveness. Isn't this what you want out of your team? Isn't this what you want? So for everybody that's naysaying this, and that's fine. If you don't, if you have a disagreement, what would you do? What would you have done? First of all, you needed the money, so you had to make a deal. You couldn't undercut him because he would just say no. Play out the remainder of his contract at 13, $13.5 this year, which then still in some way, shape, or form handicaps you as the third highest player, highest paid player on the team. I think maybe the third or second, for that matter, highest paid player on the team. You're still then handicapped you as far as going out and getting additional money to be able to spend on another player somewhere down the road in case you need it. You wouldn't have the money. So what should they have done? What's the alternative? Now, Jair was working from a, a position of strength. Ward just signed a ridiculous deal going to Cleveland. A ridiculous deal. And that, in turn, then rose the level of tide for all corners in the league. Because this is the new standard. It's like the Deshaun Watson deal. Now, it's kind of a one-off, but look, if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I go to another team, if I'm an up-and-comer, let's say Trevor Lawrence has a tremendous season this year and a season next year, then all of a sudden you look at the Deshaun Watson deal and go, that's the new norm, man. That's what I want. What are you going to do? Somebody's going to pay it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Derek says they want the Packers not to pay as much, uh, but be mad that they didn't offer him what he wanted when he ends up walking. That's what people think they should do. Which, Derek, it's on one side of the fence. You've got people that say, 
be aggressive, keep these guys. You bring these guys in under the uh, under the framework of draft and develop. You develop them. You don't let them go. You bring in these guys that you draft. You spend a lot of time looking at. You send scouts all over the country to go watch these guys and all this film, and you get them in, and then they blossom, and they're everything you've ever wanted, only to see them go. Now you can't sign everybody, but come on, when you got one of what's considered to be one of the top five guys, yeah. And then the fan base would be pissed if he walks away. If you let him walk. Now you got him, you sign him, people are upset. Too much. Well, yeah, the market is screwed up. I get that. But you got to pay what the market bears. That's what it is. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hey, we've got to say thanks to our, our friends from Bud Light. Don't forget... A week from Thursday, they are back. Wednesday Night Live is back at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Rebel Gray is going to be taking the stage. 6 o'clock, the gates open. 7 o'clock, the music starts. It's the free music concert series. Parking's only 5 bucks. It is a tremendous time, and it's right inside the Budweiser Pavilion at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Cannot wait for the music season to get underway, the outdoor festival season to get underway in the state of Wisconsin, and right there at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Hope to see you out there a week from Wednesday night, a week from Wednesday night, it's Wednesday Night Live, and it's back at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. And that, too, is brought to you by the, uh, by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show on a Monday. Kind of a tough Monday if you're a Bucks fan. Just um, just not the uh, the uh, way you wanted things to go, for lack of a better term. You wanted this thing to end better. It just simply didn't happen, and the Milwaukee Bucks season came to an end. They had a hell of a run. Hell of a run. I'm not going to take anything away. I, I know there were people that were disappointed, but when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, they won a championship, and they went deep into the postseason yet again. Uh, yes, they came up short. Had they won that series, I still believe that with Chris Middleton coming back, they would have been an incredibly tough out against Miami. If not, they would have ended up being uh, what I felt they would have ended up being was the Eastern Conference Conference representative in the NBA Finals. I just don't know if they would have had enough to win it again in uh, in back-to-back sequence. But uh, still a hell of a run. Hell of a run. Uh, 877-867-1670, Jair Alexander signing a four-year, $84 million deal, $30 million of it guaranteed today. That news breaking just before we went on the air, $1.4 million going to count against the salary cap this year, which uh, means the Packers just freed up about $10.5 bucks, which is solid, a little bit more than that, actually about $11 million uh, by the time it's all said and done. And uh, they obviously have the ability with Dean Lowry's contract, if they want to renegotiate that and extend that out, they can make it for even, uh, they can gain even more salary cap space if need be. Uh, Andrew says, just thinking out loud, trade David Bakhtiari and free up some space. You, um, you, first of all, you're not trading David Bakhtiari with that contract. Secondly, 
uh, you're not <laughs> you're not going to um, uh, get what you want because you you know the uncertainty of David Bakhtiari's knee. You know, you just you know I I I just don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're going to be able to trade him for what you think you can get out of him. If, if, if he's that good, you keep him. You, left tackles in football are hard to find if you think he's that good. If you're just doing it for salary cap space, there's other ways to get it. Uh, let's go to a market plunger joining us on the line. What's up, man? What's happening? Nate, thank you. appreciate the, taking my call. Um, you bet. I, I got to say the – let's see. All right, for, first of all, quick background. I've been in finance my whole life, and people always ask me, oh, is this stock – or they say the stock is overvalued or it's not worth that. Here, here's the thing. It's worth whatever somebody is willing to pay for it at the time. So by people are like, you know, Jai Alexander is not worth it. Well, he is. Whether it's prudent or not, that uh, time will tell. But he's obviously worth it because we were willing to pay for it, and I would imagine somebody else would. That mm-hmm. you know, that has nothing to do with whether it's it's a good good bet or not. That that's that's for a future time. Now, people saying that he's not that good, come on. Just because his stats right. aren't that good, watch the man play. Quarterbacks are scared to throw to him. They don't throw at him. No. So, you know, I don't know whether or not he's worth it. We can't. That's that's something that nobody can answer right now. They just can't until right. the contract's over. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, what else are you going to do? It's you, you had a guy that was that good. Are you really going to let him walk? That would be more more stupid than paying too much money, in my opinion. Yeah, I, uh, I would not let him. Again, I go back to if you're going to draft and develop and then finally you get a guy who's quality considered top five in the league, why are you going to let him walk? Uh, that's just stupid. That's any anyone yeah. that would do that should be fired. Right. I I wouldn't. I you know now if every draft choice you hit on suddenly becomes Pro Bowlers and you've got this incredible team. Yeah, I get it. But there's no way I'm going to let uh, Jair Alexander walk. And no, and, and when Ward when Ward signed his deal, he upped the ante, and uh, that's yep. what Jair's worth. That's the way. It, that's the way it goes, man. If you got if you got quality players and someone else who's considered in the top gets a ton of money, there's nothing you can do. You got to pay. Right. Got to pay your guy that. You know? Yep, completely agree, so, man. Appreciate but, it. To say he's not Go good, ahead. that's foolish. That's just foolish. No, I completely agree. I mean, come on. I completely. He's not a stat guy, and he's not a pick guy like we've seen. He's not Darrell Revis and Revis, but and he's not you know Neon Deion Sanders or anything. But he's a guy that quarterbacks just don't want to throw at, and he makes your secondary incredibly strong. And then if Stokes takes another leap this season, oh my goodness, what the depth is in that secondary all of a sudden looks really really good. Appreciate the phone call eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven one hundred percent agree 100 percent agree big time also bill to your point you were mentioning that sport track tweet earlier how yeah. the raiders and dolphins were the two teams ahead of the packers they mm-hmm. both brought in wide receivers they're paying what 30 plus million dollars a year right all the packers did i feel like were just signed all the great players they have packers signed the players they had uh players they didn't want to let get away which I'm, I'm good with. Uh, they kept the likes of Devondre kept, you know, Campbell. They have Rasul Douglas now kind of as a backup. You kept Jair. Uh, you've obviously already got Stokes under contract from last year. You've got a really solid secondary. Hopefully, uh, Shamar Jean Charles takes that secondary leap. 
Uh, you've got some of the other guys that you kind of brought in, you know, that you can possibly maybe groom and Tariq Carpenter and such to play behind Adrian Amos if indeed Amos ends up leaving after next year. Darnell Savage Jr. is extremely solid. You've got a good secondary right now, barring any kind of mass injury. So if you have to go get a corner, if, say, there is injuries, you've got the money now to do it. If you have to go get another wide receiver because, let's say, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, whatever, say that doesn't work out. I really still like Romeo Dubs. I think Romeo Dubs in that fourth round, I think that might have been a little bit of a steal. And I'm hoping, hoping beyond hope, that he ends up really panning out, coming out of Nevada. I, I I I had my my cousin who just kind of is a is a draft freak love this guy so I'm kind of excited for him, uh, but now you wait and see if you, you got some money if 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 say a wide receiver or a corner guy or somebody becomes free after the June first cuts you've got money and flexibility to now do that I think it's a good signing it's a win win for everybody Jair gets paid Packers keep the commitment keep pushing the chips to the middle of the table and over the next few years you're you're you know as I've said before you're they're basically going for it 877-867-1670 877-867-1670 hey by the way a reminder coming up thursday uh, i want to keep pounding on it thursday 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 the show is going to be live from social house on lisbon road in menominee falls brookfield right there on the uh, on the edge come on out thursday we're going to be there 10 to 2 the entire weekend kicks off as they have the grand reopening of Social House, but they're going to do it in conjunction with a fundraiser for Fisher House, Wisconsin. So proceeds, tap takeovers, donations, tips, all of it. Fisher House, Wisconsin, serving our veterans, our military members, their families. We can't ask you enough to come out and join us, but Social House coming up this Thursday. We're going to kick it off with a live broadcast of the Bill Michaels Show. Going to be there this Thursday, and hopefully you get a chance to come out and join us as well. Um, this one is from Max. Max says, uh, I agree with the signing. I really like Jair Alexander. Hopefully the shoulder is healed and he's ready to go. I think he plays a full season. And the statistics that many long for, he will begin to put up. He's only going to get better over time via technique. Uh, this one's from Anthony, who says, uh, the signing was good. It's not great. Uh, I hope he's able to come back after the injury last year. He has not been able to stay healthy enough to give you a full season. Let's be honest. He is a very frail player. I don't think frail is a fair word. Um, his injury was rather significant to that shoulder. Um you know, it, it's and it was kind of a freak thing. So uh, let's see if frailty continues. Put that label on him. But a guy that gets hurt, people want to say, well, he's injury prone or he's frail. Uh, you know, if, if it's something that's over and over and over and over again, it's constantly a hamstring. Like, like Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews was a tenacious player when completely healthy. But the minute they, and we always knew, at some point this season, he is going to pull a hamstring. And sure enough, every year it happened, and sure enough, he was going to miss a couple of games, and then he was going to come back, and then he was not going to look like Clay Matthews until that thing became fully healed. Then once it did, he looked like Clay Matthews again, only until the next hamstring happened. It's just the way he was wound. I don't want to say he was frail because he was a tenacious player, but when it came to the hamstring issues, it was very, very uncertain. wasn't going to happen consistently because he just couldn't stay healthy. You know, there were certain players that you can call that. But uh, I don't know if Jair is going to be – I don't think you can label him frail as of yet. 
Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, but give me your thoughts. Jair Alexander, eight year or four years, $84 million, $30 million guaranteed. Buck season now comes to an end. Uh, we talked a little bit about the shootings in Milwaukee, about what Milwaukee's become. Uh, Brewers coming back home, taking on Atlanta tonight. Uh, they win two out of three against the Marlins, but they also had a loss along the way. So we got a lot to get to. Stay tuned. This portion of the program also by our fr- brought to you by our friends at the Milwaukee Admirals. Speaking of a team that won, they closed out the series, they beat the Moose, and they are now advancing in the uh, Calder Cup playoffs. How about that? I know they were down. Uh, I know they got the first two wins, and then after that they had to do it on uh, you know opponent's ice, but damned if they didn't do it. So you talk about a team that did advance this weekend. Kudos to the Milwaukee Admirals. Continue to get your postseason tickets. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Again, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Keep it going, guys. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you back. Welcome. Brewers take two out of three over the finish over the weekend. Get back to the winning side of a series. After losing to Atlanta and then Cincinnati and then heading down to Miami, getting two out of three, but it was costly. Willie Adamas, he left uh, yesterday's game with an ankle sprain, and we don't know what the uh, what the long term prognosis is. He got the Brewers on the board in the first in the, ser- in the series finale versus the Marlins yesterday. Uh, came home on a sacrifice fly from Luis Urias in the first inning, but. The left foot kind of got uh, kind of got caught in the dirt, a little weird, as he tried to stand up after sliding across home plate, and uh, he then dropped right back down. If you saw it, and it was kind of like, oh, and they showed it again and again, you know, via replay. Um, so now you wait and see, see what the ankle is is going to be like. Uh, my assumption is, you know, maybe a few days, a week, something like that. Um, It'll feel start feeling a lot better. You know, obviously they have the capabilities for all kinds of therapy, whether it's an ice bath right away, uh, you know, infrared therapy, whatever it happens to be, whatever they need, massages and such, and keep the blood flowing and keep the swelling down and all that kind of thing. Uh, didn't look like it was going to because he limped, but it wasn't like this detrimental lip, like oh my god, I can't put any weight on it. It was just it was we've all twisted our ankle. It, it's painful. Uh, but after about a week, you're feeling kind of good. You're feeling kind of good to go. You wrap it up, and he should be okay. So, But uh, what you don't want is for him to cool the bat off because Willie Adamas and uh, between him and Luis Urias, they've been, uh, they've been smacking the ball pretty good. So hopefully the Brewers can sustain and keep it up, and they've got a little revenge factor to go uh, against the Atlanta Braves, who now come a-calling. So hopefully the Brewers can continue. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877 877- Eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um, if you want to give us a shout, by all means, go ahead and do so. Talking about a lot of stuff today, kind of a potpourri of stuff today. Um, we had uh, the Milwaukee Bucks getting beat, and their season coming to an end. And uh, I know there's some some you know some people that are angry there, some people that are upset about it, and blame it on Bud. And Bud was a terrible coach in this series, and they blame it. I still let me let me. I want to squash this for real quick because I've had two people now, Hassan and and uh, and Bobblehead have both said to me over on uh, the email, 
where they kind of look at Chris Middleton like, why couldn't he at least attempt to play? You don't want to have a setback that is going to make your offseason detrimental and going into next year to have this thing be a hindrance. It was a four. They said originally three. But coming up this Wednesday, this Wednesday would have been four weeks from an MCL sprain. That's usually a four to six if it's severe eight-week process. So this would have been, what, three weeks and five days for him to be able to come back? That's, for depending on the severity again, that's pretty short. It wasn't as if Chris Middleton didn't want to play. They kept showing him over on the – and Chris Middleton not being able to play in this one. Chris Middleton got to be sitting there. What is he thinking? Well, he's probably thinking, I wish I was out there. I wish this knee injury didn't happen. I wish I was able to hit a couple of big buckets to get us over the top in game five. I was hoping that maybe Chris Middleton could come back and be the catalyst in game six and give them some additional one outside scoring presence to some defense, something. That's what I was hoping for. But I'm not looking at this pissed off at Chris Middleton because he didn't play because the guy is hurt. He's injured. Can't do it. And it's detrimental to play him and risk a, a probably a 60%, 70% knee MCL to a tear, which would then require off-season surgery, which would then put him out almost for what, until January? You don't want to do that. You know, you 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 go there with what what got you there, and they just unfortunately the same bugaboo that got them at times throughout the season got them again in this series. They have sporadic shooting, and they don't defend the three. That's that's part of the problem. Now, what do you do going into next season? Well, first and foremost, you know how much how much more does Brooke Lopez have left in the tank because that guy changes the inside. He changes the paint. So how are you going to change defensively your rotation? Well, first of all, you're still going to have Drew Holiday, still going to have Chris Middleton, still going to have Giannis. Maybe you find yourself another piece to add that's going to give you better defense. You went out and found, is there going to be a shooter? Is there going to be some kind of a magnanimous deal on the market that can then just for sure put you over the top? I don't know. Or maybe, you know what, this team's been playing constant basketball damn near for, what, a year and a half? Maybe they just need a break. Maybe they just, you know, you'd love to be repeat. Don't get me wrong. But maybe you just need a break. Take some time. Go away. As Giannis said, go, go to a, an island off of Greece. Sit back. Take the guys. Go rejoice. Play with the kids. Drink a couple of Mai Tais. Put on a few pounds. Go then work after that, after a couple of weeks, a month, whatever. Then go work back and work on your game. Start to burn the fire in your belly again. You know, look at what you need to do. Look, at you need to go left, go left. Every day you go left. Tie off your right arm and go left. You know, if you need to go right, go right. If you need to hit an outside jumper, but accentuate what it is you do to the positive and start to get better in the areas that are your weaknesses. That's what you do. John Horst, he takes a look at the schedule, uh, you know, coach, you know, or the uh, the roster. Coach Bud takes a look at the schedule, how he wants to plan things, all that kind of stuff. And then you come back. You know? It is what it is. It is what it is. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. I, 
I'm, there's no way I'm in any way, shape, or form I'm going after Chris Middleton. None. I hope Chris comes back. I hope he's ready to go. I hope the knee doesn't give him any problems. Hope it's stronger than ever. Hope he has a terrific season. Same with Giannis. Same with Drew Holiday. He struggled down the stretch. I, I think, personally, watching that game yesterday, see, I, when's the last time you saw Giannis miss so many bunnies? Under the rim. He lays it up real soft, only to roll off the front edge and out the other side. When's the last time you saw that happen? He drops one off the glass. His hand is against the glass. He's dropping it off the glass, only to completely miss, miss the rim. He's tired. You know, I hate to say it. I'm not. I'm not saying, well, they were tired, they shouldn't have won. I'm not using it as an excuse. I'm using it as a fact. So coming up in the next hour, we're going to hear more from Giannis, more from Coach Bud, an emotional Coach Bud after this thing ended yesterday, an emotional Coach Bud. We'll get more into the Jair contract, what this means for the Green Bay Packers. Should the Packers be adding another wide receiver, or do you think they're good? Or do you think they're good? 877-867-1670. We'll get into that. We also have what the shot quality yesterday indicated. What the shot quality indicated yesterday. Because remember the last time we looked at the shot quality, the Bucs with their shot quality just weren't hitting shots. They should have won the game. What the shot quality index tell us about this game yesterday? About this game yesterday. One hour down, three yet to go. Hey, if you're going to do a little grilling, and today I'm grilling. Today is freaking beautiful. 75, Sonny, you best, you bet your sweet ass. Watching some brewers tonight, grilling tonight. Yeah. Sunset, uh, down on Sunset Avenue, Robert Specialty Meats. I've got ribs on the sticks. I went down and bought them yesterday. Ribs on a, oh, can't wait. Ribs on a stick tonight. A little bit of salad, some baseball, maybe, maybe a beverage. Maybe a beverage, cigar. Oh, I can't wait. Good to go. Stay tuned. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.